Mr. Cooley. Hello. I always, okay, I always do this. Whenever we start recording, I immediately like adjust everything on my desk. I've never noticed. I've just gotten it to where I want and then we hit record and I move all of it. <laughs> like it's not, I just, I don't, I don't know what. Should we unpack that real quick? I think it's like, um, I've heard about like really high performing professional athletes. This which makes sense. That's I am on this podcast. <laughs> The psychology behind weird sports rituals, like always tying your shoes left and right or, or putting on items of clothing in a certain order mm. because like you have to control the things you can control because there's so much that you can't control. Yes. So that's apparently why athletes do that. Um, I have a lot of control over everything that's going on right now and I still feel like I have to fidget with everything. So <laughs> I think it's just like a, a nervous tick in my my case yeah that makes sense i do a lot of stuff like that like an order of operations for sure my backpack's kind of the thing where i feel like if somebody opened it up they would be a little lost but i know exactly you know if you said hey i need a USB C to whatever cable i'd be like oh it's right there in that pocket and that's not what happens we've like been in a case where you've needed a specific cable or something and I've watched you dig in your backpack for like 15 minutes. For that it. was because you I don't, you either it. don't know where it is or <laughs> it's buried beneath everything else that you threw in there the night before. That's just when I don't have it. And I, and I can't, yeah, I start to get this kind of like anxious feeling when I should have something that, you know, I don't. And I start to, I start to dig like a sweaty animal yes. through my stuff, like a pig for a truffle baby. I'm just. <laughs> Gotta get it. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard that expression before, but <laughs> it's Nebraska thing. <laughs> it sounds accurate. <laughs> What's up, man? What did you work out today? Yeah, why? Um, you looking? You looking kind of got a little soft? <laughs> no, you got it soft. <laughs> yeah, I worked out today. I uh, I can't not work out most days, or I'll go insane. Yeah. I got like terrible sleep last night and I woke up this morning and I was just like, didn't want to do it. Didn't want to get out of bed. Didn't want to go to the gym. I was like an hour late to everything today, but uh, I made it happen. So that's good. Yeah. I went Did for you work a out today? Yeah, it was, it was 30 degrees. So I had to, I had to mask Ooh. up. I looked, I looked like a robber. I had like a little backpack on for my phone, like mm-hmm. a sash. And I had a ski mask on. And Whoa. you know, the only difference between me and a robber was I wasn't running through someone's yard. You know, running down the road, it's like, okay, he's on a run. But if you if you cut through somebody's yard, like if yeah. I were to do some extreme running, like run through somebody's backyard and jump a fence, the cops would have been chasing me. Then the run would have got really fun. <laughs> yeah. So you're saying if you're going to rob something and you're going to run as your getaway, you should just run on the street because it looks like you're on a run? Yeah. Mm. Ooh, this this has got me thinking about something that we talk about sometimes, the the perfect bank heist. Yeah. So I was thinking about talking about working out this whole time, so no, let's I, talk about that I, I was just making conversation. <laughs> um, so th- have I told you that if I can't fall asleep at night, if I run through a, a heist in my head, it usually helps me fall asleep. Really? Yeah, it's really weird. It doesn't get your heart racing? No, I mean, because I think about it really analytically and I kind of start with like, I think that I would probably get a job at the place, you know? Mm. And and for a long time, like I'd really put the time in, be everybody's favorite person, um, mm. maybe like a janitor or something, you know? And then okay. I, and I would um, kind of build everybody's trust. And I think the biggest part of that would be establishing some sort of alibi for the, the time that it happens. But think about that. As a janitor, you get to check out every corner of the place pretty much, right? I mean... You would who, know you would know the building very well. Yeah. Who, who scrubs the bank vault down, you know? Like who... I don't think they, I don't think they do that. What do they do? I don't think it gets dirty enough to be cleaned. <laughs> All those people going in there with cash. Have you God. been to a bank recently? I've never been in a vault. <laughs> but I, but like, do they have vaults? I don't think the Wells Fargo on the street 
on the corner has like a, a movie style bank vault. Okay, so what do you think it's like at, at like a Wells Fargo? Where, where I think it's a. It? I mean, I think it's more like a safe. Maybe uh-huh. maybe like a closet size room, but I I really don't think I feel like what you're picturing is like in the movies where it's a giant square door oh, I mean, that's the yeah. size of like two or three normal doors put together. Yeah, and uh, like a, a big ship wheel crank on the side of it, <laughs> captain's wheel. Right. <laughs> I don't think that's what. All right, uh, all right. So I don't think that's what they have. Imperial National Bank or whatever it is that you're thinking about applying for a job at right now. <laughs> I don't think they have that. Let's picture that, like what you said. Then you know, kind of more like a closet thing. So you're right. That okay. probably isn't cleaned. You're right. No, nobody. So there's probably only one person that has. There's probably a few people that have access to that, right? But a janitor wouldn't be one. Janitor would not be one. Man, I just feel like that's the job. I think for this reason, because they would think if someone was going to be the inside man and a bank robber, they would want to be the janitor. Yeah, but the thing is, I would just show up for work the next day, you know? After pulling the heist? Yeah, just with my bells on. And I don't think... Okay, we're kind of jumping ahead. So let's just run with my idea. Okay, so you I just I, I just I'm just saying off the bat I think a janitor is not the right move. Okay, well you'll get your turn. Okay. So <laughs> and I'm excited to hear. You're going to be like a teller. You're, well, I haven't thought of it. I have to think about it. The thing is, while you're is talking. we got to we got to look at like qualifications here. We're looking at like GED, what kind of position could I get at a bank and um, yeah. jan- janitors probably um, you just because you don't require college education. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyways, um, I would I would be a janitor. I would put in the time, give them to trust me, set all that. So once, however, I found out how to get into the closet, the vault with the giant ship wheel on the front. Um, I would. So this is the simplest because I think we could talk about like digging tunnels and stuff, and we should, but. Simplest way, I will, on the day of the heist, I would stash a, a motorcycle in the alleyway, right? But okay. I would never have driven that to work, and no one would know that. So your your plan is already predicated on there being an alleyway. Yeah. So, so where is this bank? In it's right in the over city? there. <laughs> no, is there an alley? <laughs> yeah, there's an alley. Okay. Um, with a bowling alley behind it. So um, I would I would plant the bike there, and so I think the biggest mistake, I think one of the big mistakes that I've seen in the movies and stuff, is yeah. that they try to take the cash after retrieval, like right away. Mm. And the I think the key would be to dump that somewhere. And leave it. And and I think you'd have to just be okay with the thought that you wouldn't get it and that and that someone could find it. Obviously you'd put it somewhere where they couldn't find it. But I'm thinking like say you have this big duffel and it's full. Mm-hmm. You you stash that somewhere, um, hopefully close by. Like the bank that I'm imagining this would be possible. There's lots of options. I mean, freaking roof. Maybe, you know, just hurl that bad boy up there. That's one. <laughs> Throw option. it on the roof of the bank you just robbed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because that's what I'm saying. The, the more. What about obvious, the cameras? Okay. I would see well, you do that. Cameras well, outside. So, so we can get into the details. Yeah. I would, I would figure out the security room that it's probably like a cloud, right? I'm sure they have like backup generator, stuff like that. I, I'm not getting the feeling you've thought about this. What do you to mean? the level that you originally said you had. Well, I usually fall asleep, so this is the thing. <laughs> Immediately after you get to the <laughs> the, the janitor job. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you just want to be a janitor. You're just dreaming about being a janitor. I mean, I think I'd be pretty good at it. I, I like to clean. Um, yeah, so anyways, that's where I'd start. But yeah, go ahead and uh, punch some holes in that. Or, or, or you well, there's it. a million holes already. Well, that's what's going to make it interesting. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> but pretend you're on my team and that, you know, you're... I, I am. That's why I'm so <laughs> agitated right now. Because <laughs> I just I just feel like you would have the idea to rob a bank 
and you'd have like a macaroni sketch, like macaroni art diagram of how to do it. I have one right here. <laughs> but I like, cause I'm a details person. I need to yeah. know even I, like if I'm going out to eat for dinner, I have to look up where we're going. So I know where to park and also yeah. where my like plan B parking spot is yeah. in case that parking stop parking lot is full. So is this, is this bank that we're robbing? Is it like a freestanding building or is it like, um, Attached to other buildings. Yeah, it's attached. Like a strip mall situation? Mm-hmm. How far from the major roadways? It's on the major roadway. Not doing it. I'm out. But it's a town of 2,000 people. Even worse. And it's nighttime. Even worse. <laughs> okay, let's pick. So I remember one time I was driving through this little town, and the bank was way tucked back. Small little town. Can we agree that small town would be the way to go? Um, no. What's your reason? I don't think small town. Because, like, I think in small towns, the odds of someone hearing what you're doing, even if they're in a neighborhood, like, five blocks away, is higher. Because there's not as much like ambient noise happening, like traffic. If you're in a, a decently sized town to a small city or even big city, people are so desensitized to the sound of noise, like random things happening, that at the first sound of something potentially going wrong or breaking a window to get in or something, I don't think anyone's going to like hop up and go to the window. And That's a good point. You're not going to set off all the dogs because all the dogs are desensitized to it also. So my thing with the small town situation is I just feel like I would be hearing my own footsteps echo through the entire town the whole way. So I, there, needs, there needs to be a, a sufficient wash of like ambient noise happening to mask whatever shenanigans you're up to. Now the flip side of that, it would mask the sound of people coming up on you potentially. Mm-hmm. So there's a balance, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but I think the small town's out. Okay, I could get behind that reasoning. I never thought about the, yeah, like a high-powered drill running or something. Good point. Okay, is that all you're going to give me for yours? Or, or can I start again? Based, yeah, off I think I think what, what what should happen here is we should brainstorm this. Like, yeah, you should yeah. give me ideas, and I'll tell you why I I do or don't want to do it with you. That's a good idea, and also I think it's important to say that I. I had always imagined that you would be there for this, okay? Uh-huh. So I don't want you to think that I would go do this by myself. Well, I'd hope, I'd hope you wouldn't go do it. Uh, obviously. But especially <laughs> not by yourself. That wouldn't have gone very well. Yeah. Um, okay, so it's a city setting, right? Can I, yeah. st- can I still roll with the, the janitor thing? Or you, what's the better option there? I, um, I just don't see a scenario where being a janitor is going to give you access like right away, though it, it might give you a chance to be around enough to lift someone else's access. But also the thing is with that, like if you're a janitor, you're not there when everyone else is there. You're probably only there when no one else is there. Right. Like the janitors don't hang out with the desk people. Yep. That sounds yep. so uh, <laughs> derogatory, but... Yep. Um, so I don't, I don't think you'd be, I think you would want to be in a position where you're actually like mingling with people who have information that could get you to where you need to be. Like there's a, there's a, there's a real, a real heist has a real like what's called social engineering element to it where you're like extracting information from people in a um, like inconspicuous way, getting mm-hmm. passwords, getting codes like if there's a, a vault code or safe code or whatever um figuring out like where that's stored somehow yeah yeah so Why i think is- i think you'd want to try to be like a teller or mm-hmm. um or something yeah. yeah i think you're right i think the janitor would be too much like that's a little bit of an outlier of a job i'm thinking i'm thinking you're there for or five years. Whoa. I mean... Got to be a good score. You know what I'm saying, though? Just really l- get all the suspicion off, you know? Yeah, because if, if you hit a place like three months after you start and no one else has started after you... Then you're done. 
They think it's you. Now that I'm thinking about this, though, I feel like if it's a two-man job, you have someone working the teller job and you have another person working the janitor job. Because mm-hmm. you need some excuse to be there at a time when no one else is there. Mm-hmm. Unless you're going to straight up break in. But if you want to do it like completely under the radar, I feel like that's the way to do it, probably. Yeah. Okay. All right. So say so say we're doing the teller route. Let's just run okay. that route. So okay. I'm the teller. I've been there for four or five years. Um, I've been to the safe and back, you know, I've gotten cash. Um, at banks, so I I guess I'm not really paid attention. Where do they get that cash right away when you like, have you ever even withdrawn cash from a bank? You probably don't. ATM? I've never been to a bank, dude. I'm a millennial. Okay, so. My money exists on a website. Okay, so my my payment is all accounted for, by the way, in case anyone's listening. But I usually deposit cash. So when they take it, they put it in the little counter thing, you know. And then I don't. I've never really paid attention where it goes after that. I don't. I don't know if bank tellers get safe access, though. You might be right. I think they have a cash drawer which is locked, and they're responsible for their accounts at the beginning and the end of the day. Like it's. I think it's almost. I mean, I don't know. If anyone is a bank teller or has been, please let us know <laughs> yeah. after this. But uh, I think it's, it's almost like being a, like a cashier in a way. Like you mm-hmm. have your drawer and you're responsible for your accounts before and after. Mm-hmm. And then I think someone else comes in and does the like distributing. At least that seems like that's how that should happen. Okay. So if we're doing that, if we're robbing the teller stations or wherever, which... You know, yeah, like you said, so they probably pull all their cash at the end of the day and put it somewhere. Is that what yeah, you Yeah, probably. Nah, I changed my See, mind. I'm just, I'm just gonna run in with a shotgun. <laughs> yeah, you're just gonna hold the place. That's why that's why people opt to hold up banks. Yeah. Um, this is hard. Did you hear about the Kansas City bank robber? Oh, I think you will tell me about him. What it's tell me again. Um oh, fuck, what's his name? Uh Chief Go ahead and- Chief. Chief Saholic or something. Okay. Chief Saholic, like, he had a... Uh... He is like a Chiefs, Kansas City Chiefs super fan. And he is known for dressing up as like a full wolf costume with like a Chiefs jersey and a hat and everything. At the games. At the games. He goes to like every game, or did. <clears throat> Spoiler. Um, <laughs> every game, dressed in this costume, you know, he's like on TV, like very well known. Apparently, this guy is also a serial bank robber and robs banks, I believe, in the towns that the Chiefs away games are happening. Wow. And uh, he was caught, or, or like, you know, on his way to the games, who would rob banks or whatever on towns on the way or something. But he was caught recently, from what I understand. But... uh yeah, like a, a bona fide bank robber, which I don't wow. feel like you ever hear about anymore. Yeah. Like as being a, a real thing, a real career path. You know, I, I've thought about like the moonlighting, that's not the right word, being on the road and playing in these towns and then, you know, rob the bank. And then we leave that night. And anyways, did you find something on him? Are you looking right yeah. now? Yeah. Chief Saholic is the name. Um, Xavier Michael... Babadur, age 29, was charged with 19 counts, including three counts of armed robbery, one count of bank theft, and 11 counts of money laundering, uh, four counts of transporting stolen property across state lines. Oh, my gosh. Pleaded not guilty in the indictment. (laughs) Um, Accused for stealing more than $845,000 and uh, of involvement in two attempted robberies. Wow, dude. So that's crazy. That's really crazy. So things that pe- this this happens. People rob banks. Now I'm not clear if it was like a stick them up and put your money in the bag type robbery, or if it was more like a heist, like we're trying to accomplish here. But so you're saying everybody knew this guy prior, like he was kind of a locally famous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had seen pictures of him before I saw this picture of the art on the article that right. first came out. You know. So this guy was thinking that he could use his notoriety almost as a way to not. I think as a, a cover. Well, in all the pictures, he's wearing a full like 
mask, like wolf, literally a wolf costume with a Chiefs jersey on. Do you think this was his plan all along? Um, like, like from day one, he when he decided he wanted to rob banks, part of the the shtick was to be a Chiefs super fan. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I don't know. I think it makes sense to like tie it into your whole personality, though. Like, if you are a Chiefs super fan, like make that part of the whole. It makes it less suspicious, I think. You know, if you're going to leave town, mm-hmm. I'm not going to look up this guy's entire uh, life. But, you know, like imagine if you have a family mm-hmm. and you only, you have some code that you're only going to rob banks that are not in your city, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's mm-hmm. too close to home, whatever, whatever. So you'd need some sort of plausible deniability of why you're leaving town all the time that's yeah. not going to trip alarms that like you're having an affair or something. So. Right away football games like i'm part of my thing is i just go to all the chiefs games i know it's crazy or whatever but that's what i do i go out of town uh-huh. and that's your excuse to be out of town so how did he get caught do you know i don't know man can you imagine them sitting around and putting this together like it's gotta be this guy right yeah i don't know i this is a longer article that I'm such a slow reader that I'm not going to be able to get through it all. But uh, just read us the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> looks like uh, allegedly stole seventy thousand dollars from Iowa. Allegedly stole one hundred seventy thousand dollars from Omaha, Nebraska, First National Bank. Um, so I guess they're not in the towns that the Chiefs played necessarily. Um, mm. One hundred twenty-five thousand dollars from Nashville, Tennessee, on November seventeenth, twenty twenty-two, which is my birthday, ironically. Oh wow. Um, Another $25,000 from Clive, Iowa, which is the same bank as previously. So sounds like he's getting sloppy. Yeah. Or- oh, so this is a, yeah. He held up a gun and uh, held the employees at gunpoint to open the bank vault, carried stolen money back to Missouri where he deposited a portion of it into his personal checking account, which is a major, why would you do that? That's wild. So it doesn't really sound like he was good at this, although he did accumulate almost a million dollars doing this. You know, it's probably that thing where you can't stop, right? I mean, that that's one of the things that I would, would hope that I would do if I didn't get addicted to the, the high of it, you know, like they always do in the movies, but that I would like take a big break after, a, and maybe he did, I guess I don't know how far apart those were, but, you know, like do a score and then, Take another few years, you know? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. He also had a gambling thing. Mm. So on June 10th, 2022, he bet $5,000 that the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick, or Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes would win MVP at the Super Bowl, which would pay out $45,000. He also bet $5,000 that the Chiefs would win the Super Bowl, which would pay $55,000. When the Chiefs won the Super Bowl and Mahomes won the MVP, he won $100,000. Um, days later, cut his ankle monitor. So apparently he was on an ankle monitor. <laughs> I skipped a big chunk of this article to get to the good stuff. Um, fled from Oklahoma, evaded law enforcement until his arrest in Sacramento on July 7th, 2023. He remains detained in federal custody without bond. Wow. Um, purchased yeah. and redeemed a million dollars in chips from various casinos in Missouri, Illinois, um, between April and December. So it kind of seems like he was taking his money and just putting them in poker chips instead of having the money, maybe. God, man. There's some stuff I haven't thought about. Did he, did he ever hurt anyone? Does it, it would probably say that kind of pretty upfront. Yeah, it doesn't look like it, but I, I mean, didn't read I, this very closely. I mean, that's cool, right? Like if he's in prison, everybody's going to be like, dude. But, I, you know, maybe he just, I, I don't know, dude. We shouldn't be glorifying people like this, but but that's pretty cool. <laughs> I think it's Wild. cool because it's interesting. Like you, I just don't you don't hear about serial bank robbers anymore. No. It's like such a Bonnie and Clyde, yeah, sort of thing. I almost feel like the only way to do it though is like this at gunpoint sort of way. Like, yeah, not condoning it, not saying anyone should, but I'm just saying like with all of the technology and security uh, in place, it just seems like the brute force is the only way to really do it. But then the getaway becomes the most important part, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing about doing it through the front door like that, especially, you know, we were talking about small town, but 
you know, at the bank I was thinking of originally, you, you would, someone has a gun, right? Probably. Well, there's also like, isn't there security on site at most banks? Yeah, I've seen some like bigger city, Wells Fargo, whatever, there's a security guard, right? So um, that would definitely be, that would definitely be something that you would have to think about. Um, that's one, that's another job too, um, that you would kind of be able to see it all, mm. right? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. All right, all right, so let's talk about the getaway. So say I was Here, a teller. I'm going to cut, cut you off though right now because I just mm-hmm. had an idea. I think okay, the right good. job to get in would be armored truck driver. Oh, yeah. Because then you, you know, have money on hand all the time. Like you, oh. you have access to the places that the money goes. Okay, so this is kind of like that movie, which is a very good movie, Den of Thieves. Mm-hmm. Didn't they do that? Didn't they? They got on like a rotation. Mm-hmm. Man, there was just that was a there was a lot involved in that. The guy sneaking in in the money cart. Mm-hmm. You know, where do you get the guy that's gonna do that? Yeah. And so. there's so much hand waving in movies because, like, who actually knows how all that stuff happens? Right. You know, I don't. You, obviously. Yeah. And I, it is one of those things where, like, for the entertainment value, we get to just kind of get spoon fed whatever they, yeah, think is cool. Yeah, that's a great movie. I don't know. I think I've I think I've always been really intrigued by like, I mean, as you know, I, like, and I think you do too. The Ocean's movies are some of my favorite. I yeah, I think there's something really cool about like a team coming together and everybody has their skill. Mm-hmm. That kind of makes it happen. I think I think that would be pretty cool. But so anime. by that same by that same logic, do you really like sports movies? Um, it's the same same thing. You know, I I do. I'm kind of a sucker for like a remember the Titans or like yeah. I remember the Gridiron Gang kind of came out when I was. I don't know. I I'll watch a sports movie. Do you? Well, I was gonna say the the thing for the like the heist genre to me is like executing a really well thought out plan. Mm. Like the thing to me about Ocean's Eleven specifically is it kind of goes off without a hitch. And like when you think something bad is happening, flash forward, it was like the decoy sort of situation, you know? Yeah. So I, I yeah. like that scenario where it's like everything was thought out perfectly executed, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the idea, like as ironic as this, or as uh, arrogant as this sounds, of like, um, you know, pulling one over on someone. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's super satisfying. Not that I try to do that myself, but, <laughs> you know, like winning the battle of wits is like yeah. a, an interesting topic to me. Yeah. What was really cool about those movies too is we usually, as the watcher, knew exactly what was going on. We were the like inside the group, and then at the very end, like the last twenty minutes or whatever, we didn't know what was going on. I always thought that was kind of cool. Like, and not a lot of movies do that, where like suddenly they know something you don't. You know? Right. My That's favorite really kind good. of movie is the one that I like can't predict predict the ending. Mm-hmm. I get bored pretty quickly if I feel like I know how something's going to end and then it ends that way. Yeah, it is weird. You know, something you said about like old, like the John Dillinger or like Bonnie and Clyde things. It is weird how we kind of glorified that. You know, for a mm-hmm. while mm-hmm. There, that was an era thing, right? I mean, I don't yeah. think that doesn't happen now. That's um, really, I mean, it it may. Um, did you ever watch that movie Highwaymen? Is that what they're called? Oh Is yes, that? Kevin yeah. Costner, right? That's a good movie. Yeah, about catching Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, yeah they uh, in that movie, I feel like they they really showed that Bonnie and Clyde they were like celebrities. It seemed yeah. like like people mm-hmm. were obsessed with them. Like you would be obsessed with, you know, if the Beatles came to your town, you'd be super excited. Um, it was sort of a, a similar phenomenon. A lot of men had crushes on Bonnie and a lot of women had crushes on, on Clyde, I suppose. That's wild, man. That's wild. Um, but that does, that does happen. I feel like that was a thing with O.J. Simpson. Like a lot of people would 
were like oh, yeah. attracted to him somehow, even knowing that he was in jail for alleged murder of his wife or True. how the story goes. Yeah, it so almost there, there is a weird like obsession, I suppose, with people who have done things like this or criminal activities. You know, yeah. people have weird fantas- fantasies about and admirations for people that do things like that. I think it's kind of along the lines of like those forensic shows and stuff. You know, it's it's not something that you and I are going to do, and it's also this kind of other side of our lives, right? Like the criminal side of life is not something that you and I are a part of or explore. So I think like watching that happen and unfold and stuff, like I love the forensic shows and like cops is kind of a comfort uh, show for me. Um, Did you have a a chaotic childhood? (laughs) Where do I start? (laughs) I have a mixed opinions about this like trend on on TikTok and Instagram right now where everything about someone is being related to childhood trauma or something, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. like, I don't know if you're on this side of TikTok or not, but it seems like all of my, everything in my feed is someone talking about like, if you do this and this and this, it's a sign of, you know, this sort of trauma in your childhood or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a whole other topic, but <laughs> apparently, uh, or so I've been told if you really like true crime podcasts and like watching cops and stuff, it's because you had a chaotic childhood and um, like peace feels uncomfortable to you. So you have to manufacture or like seek out stress basically. Wow. You know, I do think I cause a lot of problems for myself in my life that I don't (laughs) It's also fair to say that some people just like watching cops. Yeah. Like I always get stuck watching like police videos on TikTok also like you know the body yeah. cam footage or um I have a lot you know, of that too people being obnoxious at uh getting pulled over and, and stuff but yeah it definitely goes both ways in those videos you know there's there's a lot of de-escalation that I see not yeah. happening you know and sometimes it does and that seems like the best case scenario but i i get really frustrated when those videos come on because i always watch them too when it's like a sneaky little part one in the caption you know so you get to the end and then they haven't posted it and they're like follow i'm gonna post it in a few days and it's like oh my the thing i hate is when it's part one you finish it you find the part two and Say it's a 45-second video for part two. 30 seconds of it is recapping (laughs) part part one. one. (laughs) Like, you don't think I already just mainlined part one into my brain. I do not need to be reminded because, like, you know, they just then they just drip feed you 10 seconds at a time so that you watch all 15 videos on their page. It's ridiculous. Like, give it to me so I can binge it all. Yeah. I've noticed um, every time... I it's like a certain time of day that I get those videos. You know, really? I think I think in the nighttime, like my attention spans a little higher, higher for stuff like that, and those videos mm. tend to be a little longer. So, so when I check TikTok during the day, I'm not getting very many long videos. It's pretty short stuff, and they, they have me figured out. And that's yeah. I swear, every time we talk, I find out that you're watching the same TikToks as me, which we're just feeding. Well, to be fair, I use TikTok as like, you know, people say Kleenex for face, facial tissue. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm watching reels. I'm not, you no know, reels, I'm not yeah. watching TikToks, bro. Yeah. I'm the guy that watches the, the videos that everyone saw on TikTok just two weeks later. Is it really like that? I don't. That's what my sister tells me. I don't know, dude. Oh, because you send it. Usually, I'll send them to people, and they're like, "Yeah, this was cool on tick. This was on TikTok like two weeks ago." Yeah. My theory is that like maybe all the good ones have been passed on to reels and all the Mm -hmm. shit that just kind of stays in TikTok. Yeah. There's a lot of shit on reels too. So. Yeah my my TikTok is really all over the place. I, I I've sent stuff to your sister, and she's like, "What?" Yeah. Is your algorithm right? I send all of the weird. I get some like <laughs> yeah. real weird, like fever dream type stuff. <laughs> you know, is the only way I can describe it. And I, I send that to her and um, some other people just so that they know that how messed up my brain is. But 
One thing about robbing a bank or pulling off a heist that I have not really kind of, I've always gotten stuck at this step, is what do you do with the money? Say that you make off with a bag of cash, which I think we had an episode titled Bag of Cash mm-hmm. um, from the old days, but say you make off with a bag of cash. Like I've always heard that like bills are marked so a bank could figure out which like series of serial numbers or something, maybe mm-hmm. not all banks, but um, like if you try to just deposit a hundred thousand dollars in cash at your bank, it's going to raise a lot of flags. Yeah, um, I was so, going to bring that up earlier in the getaway. Yeah, the marked cash. And I don't know. I don't really know how that works. How do they do that? Is it like threaded into the cash? Well, bills. Or all bills have a serial number on them. Okay. Yeah. So like. You know, presumably you'd be able to keep track of which serial numbers are in your system, okay. and then which serial numbers are missing, and then if those serial numbers show back up, then you could like trace it. Yeah. In theory, I don't know. I probably heard that on. I know that all bills have a serial number, but whether or not banks keep track of the serial numbers in their possession, I don't know. But mm. it's something you'd want to figure out. But I do wonder if, like, you know, Chief's holic strategy of. Uh, transferring it to poker chips or casino chips and then you could cash those out and get in different bills with different serial numbers kind of a good way to wash how, it maybe how did he show up at the casinos i mean say they were tracking the bills and then he changed them in for chips you know there's there's a lot of cameras in casinos right so how did he yeah i don't i mean i don't know maybe the casino's he, not keeping track of the bills i don't yeah. know there, so it he, seems like there's got to be some sort of protocol for this, though. Like, yeah. a place that's handling a lot of cash like that should be aware of, you know, there there is some sort of measure for tracking or checking for counterfeits, right? Um, yeah. So it's probably a similar thing, but you have to imagine they're not doing that in real time, though. I think is the thing. So, like, if you showed up with you know a stack of a thousand dollars in stolen bills that are that are um, known to be stolen, but you over the counter give that to whoever's exchanging it at the casino. They're not going to scan or whatever measure they have in right. real time. They're going to take your money, they're going to count it, maybe do the wipe check to make sure they're real bills, and then hand you your chips. And I wow. feel like all that other stuff happens later on. So by the time that has happened, I don't know that they'd be able to track it back to like this timestamp on a security camera or whatever. Yeah. I think I think that part of it, the after, is probably probably the most important thing. Yeah, and, and like thinking about how this guy got caught, you know, the Kansas City guy. That's wild, especially because he he did it for so long. I don't I don't know. I I think I would. I think I'd do the whole like name change. I'd do the whole like you know. But that's assuming that I was just going to do one big one and be done. You know. Yeah, I don't think I don't think you'd be able to though. I think that's the thing. I think it's a it's an addiction. It's like a mm-hmm. it's a legitimate illness, right? Yeah. Or um, um, you know, like adrenaline chasing kind of thing too. But mm-hmm. once you know you can do it once, don't you yeah. feel bulletproof? You could I'm surely sure. I could do it again. You know, I'm smart. Like I think there's a huge ego component too. Like people think that they're too smart to get caught. Mm-hmm. And that's usually probably their downfall. I'm trying to I'm trying to find how exactly this guy got um, got caught. I and along the lines of what you just said, I remember um, George Clooney saying to Brad Pitt in the Oceans after they had everybody went their own way and started different jobs and stuff, you know. And they were standing on the bridge outside of this where uh, Brad Pitt and George Clooney met up to talk, and George Clooney starts talking about how man. You know, it's just, I can't seem to settle down. Like I, I walk into a jewelry store to buy jewelry and I, and I case it. Yeah. Like I case the place. And it, I always think it was really funny, this little side note that like as he's talking, Brad Pitt walks away. Yeah. <laughs> he like turns around and he's like, oh, you weren't even listening. <laughs> I or did he, did he I, I took that scene as he walked away because he was like, I can't be a part of this conversation. You know, yeah, it was either that or just like this is stupid. I don't know. I think I think it's funny. Um, Who's your favorite character in those movies? Uh, 
I would say I really like Brad Pitt's character because in Ocean's 12, he kind of like gets more involved with a lot of the planning. Yeah. Um, it's really cool. Um, like when they're meeting in the hotel room and stuff to do the planning. I think that's 12, might be 13. Yeah. 12 is the board. one that's a, it's like a art heist, right? Yeah. That one was not my favorite. Was that? Yeah, because the third one is when they go back because yeah. he, they the rob the original him. guy's rival and he helps them. That's right. Yeah, that wasn't my favorite either. I, I, it was kind of interesting though. I liked how they, he was like always one step ahead of them, the, the yeah. fox or whatever his name was. Yeah. Um, great movies, man. That's a great way to kill a plane ride right there. Yeah. Just throw that one up. I haven't watched. I, I was in like a, a cycle where I would watch those like once a year or so. I haven't watched them in a long time. But uh, I, th- I think it, back in the day, I'm pretty sure one of the birthday gifts you gave me was the DVD. <laughs> DVD set. Dude. Wow. I wonder Which, what that is. <laughs> I don't even know how I'd play a DVD right now. <laughs> I think there's a... Yeah, there's... There's not a disc drive on your Xbox? Oh, yeah, there is, but I'm not going to sit at my desk in my office trying <laughs> to watch a movie. Can you imagine? Like a loser. <laughs> Just big bowl of popcorn sitting <laughs> at your desk. Oh, now that you mention it, that does sound pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to have to watch that after we get off later. And um, The other funny thing it. about Brad Pitt's character in those movies is like, at least in 11, I think, he's like always eating in every, almost oh, every scene. Oh, yeah. He's always eating that. something. And there's yeah. a couple scenes where like um, the continuity is messed up. So like he'll start with the glass full of like shrimp cocktail and then it'll be empty. And then the next scene it'll be full again. But they're like, yeah. supposed to have a conversation, you know? So <laughs> food is always a good one to check for if you're looking for continuity errors. But Yeah, I like that. I like when actors have those little ticks or whatever. Have you ever seen the movie um, Prisoners with... Hugh Jackman. I think it might just be called Prisoner. Mm, Hugh Jackman and um, Jake Gyllenhaal. Well, Jake Gyllenhaal, in a lot of his roles, he'll do a tick. And I think it's really cool because Jake Gyllenhaal, as far as the way he acts, I think it's pretty like even keel. Like it's usually just him being Jake Gyllenhaal. But when he adds these little ticks, like when Brad Pitt was eating the food like that, it it makes him like a whole new character. He mm. in uh, Prisoner, which is a really good movie. You should, I think you'd like it. He has this like really hard blinking tick, mm. you know, mm-hmm. and it just it just makes you disassociate him from anything else. And so I right. bet I wonder if that's what Brad Pitt did because like Brad Pitt is Brad Pitt, right? right? So like if he's eating nachos or like eating something in every scene, it just makes it feel different a little bit, so. right? Um, have you ever seen that between two ferns when uh, um, Zach Galifianakis is interviewing Brad Pitt and he's like, "Do you think that if you weren't so good looking, everyone wouldn't realize how bad of an actor you are?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. I'm, I've seen bloopers. I'm pretty sure they laugh after like every line they retake. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you wouldn't like uh, no. saying such ridiculous things to people like that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that he probably like feels bad. Right. Have you seen the movie yeah. uh, Nightcrawler with Jake Gyllenhaal? Oh yeah, that's the one a great where movie. he's like a videographer for like a news team, yeah. right? Like a kind of like a slum news. Yeah. Show. Yeah, that's really good. He, he's very different in that. I will yeah. say. I feel like mm-hmm. I know a few fellas like that. Yeah. <laughs> Sociopath, sort of yeah. going crazy. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, that's. Um, so we were talking about oceans. We were talking about the getaway, the marked bills, and then you asked, like, what do you do with the money? Yeah, I I think, um, like I said, I think I disappear and I lay low, and um, that's not a, that's not realistic because I have a son. If I didn't have the son, I think that I might. Just... But how much do you have to score to be able to do that? Because realistically, like, say you rob a bank for, like. In this Chiefsaholic case, one of them was seventy thousand, one of them was twenty five thousand, or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. that's not a lot of money. No, it's not. You're like right. if your bank if your bank account is zero, that feels like a lot of money. But when you really try to stretch that over the course of a year or two, like yeah, you know, half of that is gone just in rent or something. You know, 
I feel like it'd be really stressful to have a bank account with that kind of money in it, but not have a, mm-hmm. you know, a pouring in. Um, you'd feel like you were just kind of against the time bomb. But I think I would disappear for a while, you know, change my name. Um, and then you're right, I'd, I'd probably want to go back and do it again. But you could even use it to get a job that you really liked, you know, like mm. use that money in this is going to sound kind of lame because we're talking about bank robberies, but just like get an education in something that you always wanted to do. Mm. Um, which I think what I would do, this is what I do. I would, uh, I would go to Mexico, change my name, live in Mexico for a while, get all my credentials, apply for U.S. citizenship again. <laughs> oh my God. Come back. <laughs> so you would change your, your identity to be a Mexican national. Yeah, dude, you already know I could get that that mustache. Um, you know so Mexico. You know most of Mexico is not Cancun and Cabo. Like, yeah, I it's know. not really. I don't think you would do well in most. But of I just robbed a bank. I'd fit right in for some of that. I don't think you want anyone um, down there to know that because <laughs> your head will end up on someone's doorstep. All right, I just get a guitar and I play it like the resorts, right? I'm like the house band guy. Yeah, you know? could do that. Maybe maybe that. And then um, and I'd have a rule where no one could videotape me. <laughs> no flash photography. Um, I would come back to the U.S. and then I would get a degree in music therapy. And I feel like it would be one of those stories where if they ever found me, and I was just this little old white-haired dude helping people out in retirement homes with music mm. therapy. They, you know, that'd be a movie right there. Yeah, they'd be like, they'd be like, seems like a roundabout oh, way to do something that you could just do, though. Yeah, and no, I just, yeah, you're you're adding just, quite a few steps to that process that don't necessarily like the bank to, robbery. You could just apply for <laughs> student loans and do all that. You know. Yeah, yeah, I've thought about it. I think you do bring up a really, you do bring up an interesting point though of like. If someone had like an overnight influx of cash, does that allow them to unlock their golden handcuffs and and do something else? Because I I think a lot of people will get um, into positions or jobs that they they don't love, but they've been doing it for so long or it pays so well that they'd be stupid to leave or whatever. But, Mm -hmm. you know, if you could just like, this isn't financial advice or anything, but I guess if you find yourself in this position, you don't have to rob a bank. You know, you could save, you could commit to saving up enough money to be a cushion, and then, you know, give yourself a runway. But you have to know how many yeah. banks to rob, how long you need that cushion. Yeah. yeah, I I think the bank robbery plan would have to be like long term. A few, you know, if you were planning to disappear, it would have to be a. Because uh, I don't even know how much like any given bank keeps on hand. It probably varies. Yeah. Would it be um, easier to just do like scams? Oh, like what kind? Well, I, I don't know. I get five spam calls a day, <laughs> you know, and I feel like I could do a better job at whatever scam they're trying to pull than what they're doing, uh, you know? So I'm using my phone to record, I, you know that, but I... I want to read that conversation that I sent you where I kind of scammed the scammer. Yeah. I, I think I could recall it, honestly, in a very concise man, fairly concise manner. Um, I got a text that said, hello, is this so-and-so, right? That's how they usually start. And, oh, they said, is this John Denver? Mm. Which was a wild way to just <laughs> kick it off, right? Use a famous name. And I said, I said, yes, the singer... And they said, what do you owe me, John? And I said, do you really think that John Denver would owe anyone money? Like the third person, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And the, <laughs> John Denver don't owe nobody nothing. And um, they said, oh, my mistake. It must have been someone else, and which is also common, right? And mm-hmm. I said... I said, no, no, this is the right person. I said, tell me what happened. And they said, well... I took the money that you gave me and I in, and I invested it and you promised me more and then you disappeared and and I said I'm really sorry about that and I was like if you give me 
$200,000 right now, I have a way that I could double that for you by the end of the year. And then I never heard from them again. I thought, (laughs) oh, they're on to me. (laughs) I just get a cash app, 200,000, let's make it happen. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's wild, dude. That's getting out of hand. It's so annoying. Like, and the thing that bothers me is there's no way that it's going to end because it's robo, like they're spoofing numbers and they just have a a machine that runs through every possible phone number and they just call numbers until one hits. So like, there's no way to stop it. So I just am, and once you answer one, they know it's a working yeah. number and then they sell yeah. lists of working numbers to other scammers. So it's like, yeah. you know, it is like a multi, multi-tiered passive income sort of thing maybe. But uh, I think it would be easy, which is what, which is what is unfortunate. Like a lot of people yeah. fall for uh, dumb things, but yeah, it'd be safer I, than robbing banks. I, yeah. I forgot to tell you the other day, I was getting several phone calls from the same number and um, unknown or whatever. And I have white pages, so I look numbers up all the time. And one of the reasons I got that is because I got a new number and it belonged to a guy named Dennis, apparently, because I get a lot of Dennis texts. Um, and uh, so I finally answered because I was just feeling, you know, like it. I answered, I said, hello. And the guy, the guy starts, he's laughing like someone who just like a cop that just found a bank robber, right? He's okay. like that a detective that had been searching for him forever. He was like, <laughs> Dennis. <laughs> and I was like, um. <laughs> I was like, no, not Dennis. He laughs again like that. And he's like, <laughs> not Dennis, okay. <laughs> and then he hung up. And it was, and I could hear the background. Like yeah. I knew it was scam, but it was like he thought he had finally got a hold of Dennis. Not Dennis. It was weird. Um, this other time we had a, a scammer call after a show, and I answered, and I played along. She was like, um, "Hello, is this whatever a different name?" And I pretended I was an old man, and I was like, "Kind of talking like this," and I was like, "What can I help you with?" And she was like. Well, I have this uh, this package that I'm holding for you, and I just need your credit card number so that I can send it to the right address. So it's paid for, and I can send it to the right address. And I did the whole, like, over the phone, you know, like yeah. pretending I was yeah. shuffling, and I was like, Gladys, where's that American Express at? I can't remember where it is. <laughs> and then um, I was with a friend, and he kind of did the female voice, and the female, and she's like, I told you not to use that card no more, you know, and if we just went back and forth. That's great. And she, the lady goes, take your time, just take your time. <laughs> and then I hung up. But mm. but you're right, once I answered that, I feel like that I let the floodgates open. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I got one. I, I got one. Um, I made the mistake of answering one because it was like a local area code and I was waiting for a call from like my doctor or something or, you know, something that I would have answered a, a, a call that didn't have a call. random right? Yep. So I answered it, and the opener was like, I'm with Marriott Hotels. Um, you have like unused travel credit from the, the trip that you canceled last year. I was wondering if you're planning on doing any more traveling this year. And then I was like, all I, all I said was, I'm sorry, what? And then they just hung up. So I think part of it <laughs> was, was they were just trying to see if the number worked, but also like mm-hmm. it's such like a like a turnover scheme. Like if someone's going to waste yeah. your time, that's you're losing money on 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 your end. So uh, yeah. But I got multiple calls from different numbers that were that same setup. Right. So eventually, I I tried to play along, and I was like. Um, yeah, I do. I do think I'm going to travel again. Can you remind me how much that credit is for? Um, and like, can you give me more details? And they just hung up immediately. Yeah. So I was like, I was like ready to to play along, but yeah. they. Uh, I guess they were just checking if the number worked, which is annoying. But it's fun. I liked. I wonder what the um, lifestyle is like. Some of these people that are making these calls, like you know, if that's like their only option. You know, I don't yeah. know. Just. Or maybe but, it's just their side gig. You know, they get home from work and they're bored, and they're just going to call, just hop on the phone. Yeah, I don't know, man. You know, could you just Google how to become a scammer? 
phone well, calls. First, you have to be a real piece of shit. Yeah, that's the number one. But tell me that there's just like a wiki how on this. Uh, the first thing that comes up is an Engadget article that says, making a living scamming the scammers. Oh, so you get to be the vigilante oh, here. That sounds fun. That's actually all of the results is how to scam. turn the turn scam. the tables on scam phone callers. You got to use that DuckDuckGo, dude. What is that? DuckDuckGo is a website that, uh, not a sponsor, um, that allows you to, it pulls up articles from everywhere without, because Google is probably saying, oh, we don't want to help anyone with this, which is cool. Mm. Um, DuckDuckGo will just tell you how to make a, you know, pipe bomb for sure. Wow. So not that I've ever Googled that. Well, but, we don't condone that um, sort of behavior. <clears throat> but yeah, that's interesting. But yeah, that, yeah, that would be kind of the bottom of the, that'd be like a last resort job, you know, Yeah, for somebody that's like with a criminal mind. I think the real scam is um, these people that are pretending to be entrepreneurs on social media and then they sell courses. So people will, they have a legitimate thing. Well, it's not legitimate, but they have a thing that they're selling people or like a course for some of these people is like on the order of two to $4,000 usually, like stupid. Mm -hmm. And like they just spew bullshit and they just say a lot of words that sound smart. And uh, yeah. then they, they sell you this course that is from what I've been told, I've never bought one, but just like super vague and super basic financial advice. They just make a <laughs> killing on these dumbass courses. One of the popular ones is Grant Cardone, I think. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that's how he like made his start. And then he turned that money into like other businesses. But mm -hmm. he like started by selling these courses. That's wild. Like a lot of a lot of the like real estate mogul guys that are on TikTok or whatever, it's like complete bullshit and they're just selling seminars basically to then spew more bullshit but people pay for seats like hundreds of dollars because people the, the the thing is like to pull off a scam you have to play on people's like emotional um like like a fragile emotional state like people that are mm -hmm. like they're struggling to make ends meet like they really need to make something happen in their life to like break free of debt or whatever like Mm -hmm. um, I used to get approached in Kansas City all the time by like pyramid schemers and they're like mm -hmm. their go-to line was like I was able to pay off all my student loans so they would they would approach people that were like right out of college Younger. Mm -hmm. who obviously or probably had student loan or student debt or whatever so yeah. you know you pray it's, you pray on people who need something to happen in their life and you take their last yeah. like thousand dollars that they have and it's like it's like sending an old lady like a support the vets letter, right? right. Like to send us so much every month or whatever, and then they get your account info. Yeah. And, and a lot over. of a lot of the targets of scams are like stay at home moms or mm -hmm. you know senior citizens that don't understand technology or whatever. I don't know. Maybe the scam route is more despicable than just robbing a bank. But yeah. I definitely think it's easier. And like I said, you could sell bullshit courses on TikTok. And not technically be breaking any laws. Yeah, I wish we could. Uh, I wish we could uh, throw a bone to that guy on TikTok that does the reverse scam calls or whatever. Right? Oh yeah, with the voice changer. Kind of acts like the little old lady. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's really funny. Watching dude. those videos and the people on the other end just get like so mad, no, like screaming no. on the phone. Do not redeem. Yeah, <laughs> so funny. Um, dude, what are we gonna call this episode? I don't Bank know. Bank heist scams and get rich quick schemes. Schemes. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Follow us for more yeah. financial advice and debauchery. Yeah. Also, we're going to link our course that we're selling for uh, $250 a seat. But if you act now, you can get it for $99.99. So yeah. we'll, uh, we'll link that in the show notes. Our, co our, our course on how to start a successful podcast. <laughs> we are the experts. All right. Well, this was fun. Um, was fun. Until next time, everyone. We will. Uh, how do we end these shows again? I think um, you always say, uh, make sure to make sure to. Oh yeah, uh, make sure to follow us on uh, at Similar Vein Podcast on Instagram and TikTok. 
And uh, we will see y'all next time. See y'all.